Welcome to Bumper Sticker Faith Podcast. This is a pretty unique introduction, but we have a pretty unique episode today. I am going to be interviewing a man named Jack Baumgartner, and Jack Baumgartner is an artist. He's a painter, he's a woodcarver, woodworker, um, he's uh, a farmer, he's a poet, he's a storyteller, and, and he plays the banjo. And in fact, the song that you're hearing right now is one of Jack's original songs, and that is Jack uh, playing it. Uh, but something caught my attention recently in a uh, post that he made uh, where he is reading a poem that he wrote. And he begins the poem by saying that uh, he is renouncing Christianity, that he's no longer a Christian. And that felt um, interesting to me, and so I wanted to... Uh, hear from Jack himself to learn a little bit more about uh, what's going on in his life and uh, what uh, what God is doing uh, with him right now because uh, it, it still felt that he was very much a man of faith and still was uh, chasing after God, pursuing God with all of his heart in the way that he felt that, that God was calling him to. So I just wanted to explore that with him, and so that's what this, this episode is about. So I just ask that uh, you have an open mind when you listen to this, to our conversation, and uh, that you ask yourself what you can learn from what Jack is expressing and sharing uh, and even going through. One thing that I do admire uh, greatly about Jack is that uh, he's the real deal and he's in this sort of what I see as this territory that many uh, evangelical Christians today are giving lip service to maybe that's maybe that's a little bit too uh, cynical of me to say but there are plenty of us out there who are saying things like we need to live in an enchanted world again and that our, our that our enlightened age has lost its sense of enchantment. Uh, but, but are we doing anything about it? Yes, we're saying that we need to recapture the glory of God in creation and live like this is a creation that's saturated with His presence. But do we do it? Do we do it? Well, Jack is someone who is, is seeking to do that. He's, he's seeking with all of his heart to, to discover God in his created world and to feel God's closeness and presence and calling to him through what God has made. Romans chapter 1 says that all of creation uh, expresses, and Psalm 19 says it too, but all of creation expresses, reveals God so that we're without excuse. So that's one thing that I do appreciate greatly and am trying to learn myself uh, from Jack and that he is, um, he's taking God seriously. And the Bible says that God made everything and God and Christ is sustaining and holding together everything. And as far as people that I've met, in my uh, limited sphere anyways, Jack is someone who is really taking that seriously, like I said. So uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope you realize that Jack truly does 
love God and is wanting to uh, also rediscover that love uh, for himself. Um, so I hope to have more conversations with Jack and um, learn more about his uh, journey and what's going on. And um, I, I just value your feedback and uh, and your also how you're reacting to this and um, and what you think. So uh, that's it, and let's get to the conversation with uh, Jack Baumgartner. Thanks. just fine so okay good good well thanks for um thanks for talking with me yeah no i appreciate i appreciate you reaching out and um and uh initiating um the conversation so i'm, I'm certainly interested in in dialoguing you know about the things i've started sharing and about you know so <laughs> Yeah, and I've been I've been an, an admirer, uh, enthusiastic admirer of your work too, uh, and the artwork, but also the bits of poetry and writing that I've seen along the way too. Thank you. And, and the um, just your life and story too has just been it's been very captivating to me, and it probably reveals maybe a bit about me too. Um, I love the idea that you're uh, you farm mm -hmm. and you have kids that you homeschool, as I understand. Yeah, that's right. And oh, I just I don't know. There's like this longing in me uh, for that. For that, right. I, I don't farm. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in a farming <laughs> area, but we had yeah. goats. <laughs> that's about it. Um, well, you know, I think it's. I really think. I'm going to shove this window really quick because those chickens are actually making a lot of noise. Um, it, we'll still be able to hear them, but maybe it won't be quite so loud. <laughs> I, even, I even love that when you read that first piece, the first poem, uh, hearing the animals in the background. And to yeah. me, that, just the whole thing captures, I think, what what God has been doing in my life and the directions that I've been needing to go to. And that's towards this more uh, integrated view of myself, yeah. but then sure. of the world of God's cosmos too. Yeah. And uh, I see in you someone who's, I guess, straining towards that, trying to live that and exploring that all at the, all at the same time. Yeah. Um, definitely straining towards that is is that's pretty good that's a good articulation <laughs> um yeah. you know i'm i'm always kind of uh 
I'm always trying to put my money where my mouth is, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and whether that in, results in failure or some version of success, you know, it's <clears throat> both of those are really important and informative, you know, I'm, um, and the, the whole idea of an integrated or holistic, um, um, a holistic life or lifestyle. I mean, there's these funny words that we use that I, I feel always kind of come short of the mark a little bit, you know, um, the, I like the word holistic, you know, but then what do you, what, you know, the things that you start applying that to because lifestyle seems lifestyle's insufficient. Yeah. It should um, just be life. It should just be, this is, this is life, but unfortunately life. we've fallen short of that. And so we need to come up with these words to try to get back to even yeah. where it should have been in the first place. Right. Yeah. Cause lifestyle and implies kind of an individual, an individualistic component. And that's, important you know that is we are individuals um but what we're participating in is is vast you know and that and that and what we're participating is in is a whole thing you know it's just how are we whole in relationship to it you know and we're not whole if we're out of relationship to it kind of seems to me yeah. um and so there's a real striving on my part to to you know both cultivate a perspective you know but it, it's not and it, but it's a perspective that informs everything you know that i do or to how i attempt to live um and uh you know i always i always think about when it, when i think of the the idea the concept of perspective or maybe and what it relates to I always think of a story in in the Old Testament with concerning the the prophet Elisha mm -hmm. and he's he's I think it's the Assyrian army maybe that is upset with him because he keeps spoiling their plans and so they have him surrounded in the mountains and he's with his servant and his servant is panicking and Elisha just says, asks the Lord to open the servant's eyes. <laughs> and all of a sudden he opens his eyes and he sees the whole host of yeah. heavenly hosts that greatly outnumber the Assyrian army. And it's like that idea of like perspective changes everything. Um, and, and that's, and like, yeah, that's and it's a perspective that engages the unseen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's really there's the physical, but, but then there's the metaphysical and and metaphysical is just beyond physics. Like what's there beyond the physical? There's a lot more beyond the physical. Yeah. Beyond the physical, but in direct relationship yeah. with it, yes. you know, and I think that's one of the things that I feel like is, you know, a lot. I think a lot of people maybe are you know, pushing against that separation that's been kind of around for a while now that, that there's just a, a, a divide, you know, and the, 
the, you know, and I think I, I, you know, the, a lot of, there's some kind of Christian language that, you know, I, I hear so often of like the spiritual and the natural, mm-hmm. you know, and like there's a spiritual realm and a natural realm. And I, it really, really upsets, really bothers me mm-hmm. because it's, I don't, it's that I don't, they're not two different realms. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one reality. And there's things that are seen and there's things that are unseen, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't, I personally don't feel like there is a spiritual realm and a natural realm, you know, just the, and then the variety. I mean, you think about why, and you of all people too know this, the variety of things, you know, visible creatures that we do see out there. Your poem mentions like maggots and beetles and things like that. Like, why are there those things? And, mm-hmm. and how do they represent or represent the spiritual realm to us so that we can, learn from it yeah Let- yeah all those things are ambassadors you know i yes. mean they're living in both places too <laughs> yeah so i guess by way of introduction of me i won't give you the the whole story but kind of like why i get interested and why this means so much i guess to me is i um was a pastor and uh served for um handful of years I think 12 13 years and my world was very much um, cut off disintegrated you know these terms again but I I I kind of figured that well if I have these spiritual things all right and my doctrines are in order and I know the proper things to say what other people want me to say what God wants me to say uh, then I'll be okay and I, I never, my whole, my whole self wasn't aligned with itself. I wasn't integrated. And it, and it took me falling completely apart and hurting people for me to finally wake up. And it, um, it was necessary. I wish, I wish it wouldn't ha- have happened. But then again, it, it's hard to say because people, people have been hurt. But I'm definitely in a different uh, place now and part of my um and I'm no longer a pastor now but then part of my story is I had to go to um, therapy for years and some of the things that the therapists were recognizing about me were like pointing out that um you're just not in touch with yourself like and and that's part of the genesis of this podcast bumper sticker faith because at one point like I thought I knew everything, you know, going into it. I didn't think I really, really needed to be in therapy. Like I have God, I have my Bible. I know the truth. I've read Calvin, you know, I know everything. So I can figure this out on my own. And I just was giving all kind of the pat answers. I thought that, again, everyone wanted to hear that were the right answers. And finally, one of the therapists, there were two of them. She looked at me and she said, would you stop giving bumper sticker answers? And I, that, I mean, that shut me up real quick because I thought like, I thought I was giving you all the right answers, like what you wanted to hear, what would graduate me from this the fastest. And then they actually say, you're not actually allowed to talk anymore. (laughs) You're not allowed to read. You're not allowed to talk. You just have to sit there and listen. And, and that, that began a journey for me where 
there's so much in my life that I was disconnected from that I was denying, suppressing. Uh, along the way, one the other one of the therapists handed me a a, a book about um, about the shadow um, from Carl Jung, and that where did that blow me out of the water? Learning about uh, this part, the shadow that you 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 don't like about it, all the stuff you try to throw in the the old bag, as Robert Bly uh, used to say, and drag behind you, and uh, that messed me up for a while too, but but also propelled me forward. And so, I mean, I'm not going to get into any more, but just as I, over the years now, that that all was about eight years ago, have been trying to figure out. Well, I I just put everything on the table, my faith, everything, music I listened to, everything on the table, and I questioned everything because. Who am I that I could have allowed sin and evil in my life like I did? But then I also know that I love God and want to follow him and live for him. I know that 100 percent. And I don't want to hurt, don't want to hurt people. And, you know, I know all that. But how do I do it in the best way? And I feel like a lot of times as I attempt to share maybe a little bit about this with people, they assume and this is what I hope people don't assume about you, too. They assume, oh, you're just questioning these things or getting these different views because you have some secret sin you want to hide or you're secretly uh, trashing your faith. Or And I'm like, no, it's, it's like the opposite. I'm trying to actually follow God the best I can and be the best uh, child of God that I can be without hurting anybody anymore. Like, I'm very aware of this. So that's a little of my uh, uh, journey here. And then um, when I heard you read this poem, a lot of it, um, a lot of me and me was um, really resonating with that and wanting to dig a little deeper with you. So I'll, I'll stop for now. No, thank you for sharing that. Um, I appreciate hearing that and just getting to learn a little bit about you. Um, so it, it's uh, there's a lot lot we could talk about in there, <laughs> and that was like the genesis of bumper sticker faith of the podcast too because I I I, mm -hmm. I don't want to be superficial anymore. I want to be whole, you know. I want and yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, it's good. It's a good story. Um, it's a good foundation, you know. I. You you mentioned to me the the that the recent Pajot yes um, and John Bravacki um, discussion and and I, and I, I uh, the last little bit they were talking when I was listening to it they were talking about humility mm -hmm. you know and just kind of th there's a lot of different things that they significant kind of dynamics that they were talking through and. But that that whole thing about that there, you know, you kind of built a little bit of a foundation of humility into what you're doing, um, which is really, I think, profoundly significant. You know, so uh, so thank you for sharing that with with me. Um, yeah, I don't. I um, it's interesting in terms of and. I'm happy for you to just direct me or the discussion or what, you know, however you, you want to with, with. Well, I, lo I love the title. The title catches me most of all. I, 
you know, yeah. I, I like meter and, you know, symbols and that. And the title is yeah. The Oxen Are Dead and the Smoke Is Rising. It's like, what a vivid picture of, um, and that was when uh, uh, Elijah came to call Elisha, right? And Elisha was plowing and with his oxen. And then um, there was some ambivalence there, to say the least. But the next thing you know, he's sacrificing uh, the oxen and following right it's a really interesting story and the funny it, it's funny because i've been thinking about that story a lot over the past year um uh, you know it got it comes and goes all those stories come and go and um and and you know and we uh but uh my wife is a minister and she's now working as a chaplain but um but she, she, she does, she still kind of does some, it's out of, of, of uh, end of life care, retirement community. And she's been a hospice, was initially just a hospice chaplain there. And, and uh, now she's the full-time chaplain. So she has, she's, she has some, you know, she gets to preach and things like that. And she loves, loves the old Testament. And it's, it's always been my community, you know, all those stories are important, you know, um, Whatever, but uh, I, I I can get boy I can get off on tangents really fast, so I apologize for that. But um, the uh, I, I've the nature of my thoughts of it over over the you know re recently uh, you know I read that and it, it's uh, I always I'm like man God I don't know I I would uh, I really like farming and I would have a really hard time leaving farming <laughs> you know and to, to if 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 elijah showed up and said you know let's it's time to go you know and because in some ways like i sometimes talk or think about you know that in in a way my religion is agriculture <laughs> um and uh there but uh and a big part of my engagement with a big part of that kind of how we talked about the holistic thing is, you know, agriculture is a big, big part of that. Um, and I think it's, and I also think that our societies disconnect, disconnect from agriculture is, is actually really, is really unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, what not that it would solve our problems but um you know sometimes i wonder you know if, if jefferson had got his way and we were a nation of farmers mm -hmm. what would it what would it look like you know how how would it be different yeah um you know uh i'm sure there would we would still have had plenty of issues you know but there's something about you know, when you're engaged with the land and you're engaged with a lot of aspects of things that you can't control mm -hmm. um, and you are faced with living and dying. Um, there's so many dynamics there um, that, uh, that, that are significant. Right. And that, so um, there's a kind of revelation too from 
from God through the land, through what he has made. And, uh, <laughs> the systematic guys call it general revelation, but that's a that's a doctrine, and that's that's something that I am firmly uh, committed to having the church uh, reengage with, because you miss because it that whole process communicates with you about life, death, how things work. I mean, that that really gets me going too, because um, there's so much we miss about God and about ourselves. Yeah, disconnected. There, there really is, and that's a huge, that's a huge discussion right there. Um, that I'm happy to have at any point <laughs> with anybody. You know, I, I could talk about agriculture all day long for the rest of my life. Yeah. I think, um, but I that, but anyway. So, so I've always kind of felt this rub of like, what would I do? You know, would I be able to slaughter those oxen and leave the farm? And you know, I've always told God that I'll. I mean, yeah, I guess if you ask me to, I'll do it, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, but I always know there's these things that would be hard for me, you know, uh, to do first, it, but it's so, it's interesting that the oxen turned into Christianity, Yeah, you know, and, and so this, it, it was a really it kind of, it, yeah, it would, that, that analogy of the thing that I'd been plowing with my whole life. Um, he, he said, it's time to put that on the time to put that aside. Uh, I, the, and, 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 and go somewhere. You know, and, and, <laughs> yeah, Elisha left his, it, said, it mentioned his parents there too. Yeah, right. So, he just, he didn't even go back and say goodbye. He just, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to, you know, we can read between the lines and uh, there's a lot of, there's so much unsaid. So, uh, you know, it takes some time to build an, yeah. build an altar and slaughter oxen and, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, but the, the, the point is he did it. Yeah. I want to read the first uh, part of the, the first stanza and then um, maybe talk okay. more about that because yeah. you're, you're hinting at it already for people who, you know, haven't. Maybe. Okay. But you said, what if I were to tell you that I'm not a Christian and that I haven't been one for some time now, although I'm just now understanding that to be so. It, it is strange that for almost as long I have been afraid that something of this nature was happening to me, and I fought long and hard against the truth of it. Now that I am, now that I see it has already happened, I am no longer afraid. So the thing that stood out to me, well, not right away, but after a few moments, was, um, and what which may also you know rile people or whatever. They said, "What if you say, what if I were to tell you that I'm not a Christian?" Uh, what stood out to me was you're not renouncing God. Mm -hmm. You're not renouncing Christ. You're not like you didn't do that. I mean, consciously or not, you're not doing that. Um, but you did say, what if I were to tell you I'm not a, you know, not a Christian. So um, let's dig into that. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm. No, it's a good question because, you know, and I even had it. There's I, there was a comment this morning 
from somebody that was, and, and I've had other uh, multiple people push back in the sense of like, well, it doesn't really sound like you've left or done. Like, it doesn't really sound like, like, what are you renouncing? Mm-hmm. You know, um, which is a really fair question. You know, uh, a good friend of mine that there was a real small kind of circle of, of my, of people that I shared this with right up, you know, when, yeah. it, right when it started happening and, um, you know, and it kind of was, uh, it was, I saw it, I, I saw it initially as like the picture I kept seeing was like, there's concentric circles of, cause it, it's, I, it's hard to know how far to backtrack, but, um, when it happened, I knew, I knew instantly that I had that, like, this was not private. This was, I've got, I've got journals full of all kinds of things that, you know, as I said, I've been, I've been feeling like it was coming for a long time kind of thing. Right. And so, but I kept it all to myself, um, you know, between and, uh, and then, and the, but then this, you know, this kind of moment of, uh, you know, really what was, I mean, honestly, God is the one who decl- declared to me that I was not a Christian anymore. You know, it wasn't, it, it kind of wasn't my decision, <laughs> um, you know, and I, uh, we can talk about that, but, uh, and I just, I aligned with it. I just fell into alignment with it, you know, not as not, it was, it was, and it was a huge relief, you know, um, to do that. And, um, but I instantly was like, this isn't for me. This isn't just for me. I have to share this with, I have to do this in front of people. And, you know, that, that's, that's got, has challenges of its own. Right. You know, so, but I tried to hold that part back, but I saw it when I realized that I, I saw concentric circles of this is where I'll start, you know, and I'll go patient and I'll be slow and I'll move, you know, and I'll just, those circles will get bigger. So a couple circles out, you know, and uh, a friend of mine and he, he said, I'm just not convinced that you've really left, you know, and, uh, very respectfully. And, and I, I said, yeah, I understand. I mean, I keep asking, I'm not sure either. Like it's hard to understand because it, because of, like you said, it's, I'm not renouncing Christ. I'm not walking away from God. I'm not, um, it, it's, but it's so it, in, in a lot of ways I've, I've had a lot of, you know, back and forth, like, what, why, why, why is it so important that I leave? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and I have ideas about that. And, and as I continue sharing and, um, the things I have to share, because a lot happened as a result of me stepping away. And I can only assume like, one of the phrases that I have, one of the kind of sayings that I've kind of received is, you know, I, I mentioned that I call God everything. Yeah. You know? And 
And that was a struggle. You know, I've been calling him everything for about four or five years now. He invited me to start calling him everything. And that was hard for me. <laughs> that was its own wrestling match because. And hard, hard for you to do or hard for you to share that that's what you were it was doing? It's hard for me to do, you know, it, it was, I'm, you know, uh, for whatever, you know, there's all these hangups that come from growing up as a Christian and there's things that are, that you, you know, everything's about right and wrong and what's okay and what's not okay. And all that crazy stuff, you know? Um, and, and so he, it, I, you know, I, I even, it's funny. I, I, I'm not even comfortable saying he all the time anymore, you know, things like that, that it's just, there's, but the only language I tell people, it's like the language I know is Christian language. Mm -hmm. I still use, I'm still use Christian language because that's all I, that's my, that's my mother tongue. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's fine. I have no problem. I mean, that's okay. <laughs> so, um, but the, and why, why I have trouble saying why I, why I am uncomfortable always saying he is not because of like these, the gender issue of like, for me, it's, it's just that God is so much bigger, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and I, and God wants to be known. <laughs> and, and so it's like all these limits that, so the invitation back to that phrase, so everything and I, I just I just started realizing like my invitation is to go everywhere holding the hand of everything, mm -hmm. um, and and then I and then Jesus is the one who bought my ticket <laughs> to do that you know um, as kind of like one of the things that I, I how I kind of sometimes say that or how I wrote it down once I should say because I don't talk of I mean this is you know I. My, I'm not, it's not stuff I talk about, right? Um, until now. Um, so, um, what that means is, um, is it, I mean, that's a huge statement ultimately. And so, when I say, like, why I had to leave, I can't go everywhere holding the hand of everything inside of Christianity. Mm -hmm. I just can't. And to me, it, it seems to me that that Christ, Christ did not, Christ did not do what he did so that I, he, so that I would be a stagnant in a religion, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and There's a lot we and we could and, and there's a lot of people that argue would argue that that's not the case with Christianity, that it's not stagnant and in a religion, you know, and and from a lot of people, that's what I can. I accept that, you know, I'm not I'm not against. I, I love Christianity. I really do. And I I I love I'm not. All I know is that he said he, he told me I, it's so hard to language is tough. And I think that's why, you know, I've, I, I, I have what is in me to share. What happened is um, as an, as an kind of 
I mentioned in one in the, what I've shared so far that after this happened, it was like I was a tree that was uprooted and planted upside down. I saw that picture. And yeah, I, I, got, I need to do it. I have about a hundred versions of that picture in me. Yeah, it was, that picture was like the hardest one for me. Interesting. Um, only, only like symbolically, because I, I just couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Not that you can, you know, figure things out, but I couldn't make as much sense of it. And then I think that's that's probably the point. Your life is literally turned upside down. Maybe it's there's a lot of backstory um, with that tree image, you know, and I'll, I'll get to that in some extent. Well, I'll just say for now the the walking man character that I use in my art. Who's, who's, who is, um, I start, I, I, it's a character that I created about 25 or plus years ago. And as uh, he was both kind of self portrait and an everyman character at the same time. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. It's very um, powerful. And yeah, so it's it's funny how he and he immediately had a life of his own. Like I had, there were friends and of mine that at, they were like, "Can I make art about Walking Man too?" And I'm like, "Yeah, go for it." <laughs> and so it was it was funny how he he really immediately had a life of his own, and I loved that because it, it I just loved it because it wasn't about me that way, you know. But I can never get away from the fact that it's it's still there's still that self-portrait dynamic. And um, so there's a whole legendarium of walking man and his adventures in his life. And, um, but one of the things that happens to him is that he, uh, and this is all in a puppet theater, puppet performance theater, everything that I built. Um, and, uh, and, and this play that I wrote about walking man. And so he gets, he, ha he receives these messages throughout his life from these these chimeric like animal messengers and and they they they're they come in the form of these 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 banners or scrolls and but they always appear blank so he can't read them but he knows there's a message that's hidden and it's and it's a real struggle like his whole life he's had these things for a long time yeah. and and he finally gets he finally get, decides that he's just going to, he gets an, one comes, the play starts with him having a new experience of, of this beast shows up and roars and the, the, the scroll comes out of its mouth and he, he receives it. And it's, again, it's blank and he's out of frustration. He just thinks about um, Ezekiel. I think it is it Ezekiel that ate this, the, the scroll. Yeah. Yep. And then I think John does too and in, yep. in, in the book of Revelation. Um, and so he remembers that. And so he thinks, well, I'm going to try that. I'm going to eat this. And so he eats it and he, in, and he has a vision. And the beast, the wing, this lion dog creature is, uh, appears in, right in front of him and starts speaking to him and sends him on a quest. And... Um, but, it, but the, the goal, the object of his quest is to get to this ring of cedar trees. And, and once he gets there, he has to become a tree for 40 years. Mm -hmm. um, 
and the it's part one of uh of the story and um it ends with him becoming a tree and i've been i've i've been waiting to do the second part and that it was about it took me about 20 years before i realized that i'm i i've still got 20 years to go <laughs> before i get to write the second part because it's like that and this is where i talk about think about imagination is you know because one of the things that said about walking man in the prologue the introduction to the story to him is he he's one of these people that the life that he experiences in his imagination is more real is just as real if not more real than the life he experiences outside of his imagination and um and and there's i really believe that our imagination is a sense you know it's not uh, i i i the the whole the thing that that we say to our kids all the time it's just you're in in your imagination or you're just making that up or i i think is really a tragic thing to do um because i i do believe that the imagination is um a much more powerful thing mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people out there that are that for a year for a long time have talked about that and 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 there's contemporary people talking about it um malcolm guy talks a lot about the imagination um but the inklings talked a lot about the imagination yeah. i mean they were huge into that it's a big deal um it's a really big deal so for me like it's it's i recognized for me like how i like it, it fell into as these things came together for me as like as i've had certain mystical experiences and visions or all these things that you would put in that these categories I I found them how they how they interacted with the things of my imagination and and sometimes the visions I would have would even take the things from my imagination and make them real um but oftentimes I would have for me there was one time I I I I write a lot of music often like songs and um and uh one of one of them was uh a song about going to the garden of eden like that i was i i just i had to go and somehow i made it through the the two the the flaming swords and and it was this whole experience of being in there and i realized as time went on like it was such an it was a it was an overwhelming experience to write mm-hmm. that i mean it, it overwhelmed me emotionally to just to write it and then when i look when i looked back and on it it exists in a place of memory not in a place of it, it's like an experience that i remember it's not it's not a yeah 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 it, does that make sense and yeah. it was like, how did it get into that part of me it's like remembering your 21st birthday or you, that yeah. experience uh, yeah. in the same way and it in the same way that I remember visions like uh spiritual encounters that I've had visions and things like that it's it's the same so um 
so this idea of the imagination being, you know, uh, a, a, there's more going on there and yeah. we need to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and there's a lot more to say about that, but even with, even with dreams, uh, it used to be the case that a lot of societies, if you had a dream, like sleeping dream and, and during the night, those dreams were not meant for you. They were meant for the whole community because they were somehow a portend uh, or some kind of message to let the community know what to do next, where to go, uh, given yeah. given by God. Um, yeah. And we've like so even disenchanted our dreams that we think it's just chemicals. It's, you know, it's just all flat. There's nothing to it. Um, yeah. John Moriarty talks, he calls it the nothing but universe, you know. Ever, yeah. ever since Newton, it's yeah. everything's been. Oh, it's nothing but uh, yeah. your, you know, your your body's just process yeah. what you dealt with that day. Fruit said on the old piece of cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's right. Um, it's and and for me, it's it's not that it's not that. Mm-hmm. You know, it might very well be a potato, but that doesn't mean that it's not. It's <laughs> I mean, potatoes are powerful beings. (laughs) Um, So I, I, to me, those things don't delegitimize, you know, I don't want to use the, the, the practical to delegitimize the spiritual, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, those things, they're interconnected, you know, and um, way more than, than we want to admit. And there's, yeah. I love uh, a line in, in your poem. Um, basic, basically, it says something, to, something to the effect of, uh, "Oh, I love that." Oh, you know, you're talking about mold <laughs> and these bugs and beetles, and you say, "I love that." In the end, they will win. I love that they will win in the end. And there's so much power to that power in the little things that for me, that's what that was capturing because, and I came from this place too, where it was all about becoming more powerful in speech and in position. And, and you just want to leave behind the kind of um, human parts of existence in your life, like the Beatles and the mildew, but um, yeah. that's that nothing but thing. They, um, God, God uses means and he works and he's placed those things and it's the weak things that will, that have the most power. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's Christ's, you yes. know, I mean, yes. I I'm looking for something that I wrote about that. And I, unfortunately I have this, I have this really ungainly document because where I was kind of going with all of this, I, you know, we're jumping around so much and I appreciate your, <laughs> your, your bouncing around with me. Um, and, uh, but I have this, what happened, you know, I taught the tree, that's where we were. Okay. okay. So that we were, you know, I taught the tree walking man, becoming a tree, all, mm-hmm. all this with the imagination, etc. to realize that I became like, that's, it's, I'm not just writing a story about walking man. This is a picture of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so there is to, for me, it's like, I can, I've been a tree for 
I don't know if I've been a tree my whole life or I've, just, I've been a tree since why, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. It, the thing is that it, but it, what matters is that for whatever reason, that's part of who I am mm -hmm. is that I'm, I'm part tree. Um, and so when I, and, and, and part of when I sit, and then I have to learn what that means. Right. You know, because I, there's a drawing I've been working on that, that I, that there's all this background information for for these things that I feel like I have to start figuring out how to share with people now um, because when I, I was I lived as a hermit for about four years um, between uh, when I went to college and when um, I met um, my wife and uh, I lived out in in a, re a really remote area in southeastern Kansas and in a little um, a little hunting cabin we built when I was younger with my dad and and somehow he he, he was gracious and let me live there and but it, no running water no electricity um, and uh, nobody around for miles and I just wanted to be I wanted to be out there and paint and learn you know it's like I knew went to art school and the one thing I learned at art school was that it was going to take me my whole life to learn how to paint. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go somewhere where I could do that. And among a lot of, there's a lot of other reasons I was out there, but um, we won't get into all of it right now, but the important, I would walk, I walked all the time, yeah. you know, again, walking man was, you know, that was a big part of how I engaged. Um, and I would walk for miles and miles and hours. Sometimes I would just walk all day long. There was so much land out there yeah. that, that I had access to and um, that, and uh, anyway, I one day I picked up this, we have this tree called, uh, it's oh, Macula Pomophora and it's Osage Orange. People around here call it Hedge. Um, some people call it Bodark. It's a really great tree. It's really, really a great tree. It's native to the Red River Valley of Texas, but they planted it here as a fence, um, a living fence in in the in the late eighteen hundreds, you know, before barbed wire was developed. Mm. And Kansas didn't have any trees essentially, except for the southeast corner and the north, some in the northeast. Um, so they plant, but they planted these hedgerows, and then. And then after the Dust Bowl and, uh, and the, the WPA, they did another big planting. And so all our, all of our roads um, are lined with Osage trees that they and farm fields and they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. And and uh, but they've also become so now they're out in fat pastures and stuff. And um, but the wood does not rot. Um, it so you we people use it for fence posts and things like that. It's, it's an incredibly dense species. And, um, anyways, I found, I came across this root ball that had of a, of an Osage tree that somebody had cut down years and years ago. And over time, the roots had heaved out of the ground, um, or somebody pushed them out of the ground, but they'd been out of the ground for a very, very, very long time. And it weathered and it was like a, it was just a radiating, like these roots were just radiating out from 
the, this, the tree was only about that big around maybe 10 inch, 10 to 12 inches. And, and then the taproot went out a little bit and it was just so beautiful. And mm-hmm. so I thought I'm going to take that back to, to, to my cabin with me if I can. So I, I hoisted it up on my shoulder and, uh, I, and it's really heavy stuff. So, <laughs> um, I hoisted it up on my shoulder and started heading home with it over the hills. And I, it this was the, the, the sun was starting to set. It was real low in the sky and I was walking East. So my, it cast this shadow and it just was this long shadow of this long skinny man with with this radiating roots coming out of his head and i mean and it was it was one of those things that it like somehow seeing that transformed me yeah um i don't know how to describe it but it was like it was a revelation Mm -hmm. and um and and so it's one of those things where it's like it's it's like it showed me part of who i am (laughs) It showed me like that and it, and it's interesting to just now get this picture of a tree standing on its head you know i've always felt like i've been a tree but then to be uprooted and all of a sudden the roots are in the air mm-hmm. um and the roots are like horns you know and their horn i use a lot of horn imagery and walking man stuff there is a time a number of years ago where all of a sudden walking man started having all these horns growing out of his body. Um, the beast that he encounters that delivers the message has horns growing, you know, and, and, uh, my friend said, you're really, re- it's like you're wrestling with God's glory, you know, or something like that. And it made, you know, I, I think of horns, there's a sculpture of, of Moses by Michelangelo yeah. and, some people say it's from a, a mistranslation or something like that, yeah. you know, yeah. right? So that somehow it got translated as the, when his, you know, because the story, right? You know, Moses was always in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And he would come back and he'd be radiant and people could hardly even be in his presence and he would cover his face and stuff yeah. because he was radiant from, from being in the, the glory of yeah. the presence of God, right? And so Michelangelo used horns yeah. to d- depict that yeah because you can translate that word as like horns instead of right. instead of yeah. right and so i mean i i'm i i'm of the camp that 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 wasn't that may it may it, it's too easy to say it's just a mistranslation yeah, yeah. Um, to me i think there's more going on there um but i think one of the things that's it's it's disconcerting though to see here's this biblical patriarch grow with horns growing out of his head and something that we at least now associate with like well that's you know the devil has horns growing out of his head what's going on here you know um and 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 interestingly people were really there were some people that were really disturbed by like these pictures of walking man with horns Mm -hmm. growing out of his head and it's not a simple straightforward thing like it's not just, you know, I mean, because the glory of God does strange things to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's just not clean cut. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, you go and become uh, a saint who, or something, you know. 
uh, but anyway. Well, the glory of God is, I mean, it, it destroys, it can. And mm -hmm. then even thinking about Jesus, the taking on death and taking mm -hmm. on sin on himself, right. um, going into going into hell, you know, horns and devil and that. Well, Jesus, he, he went there too. He bore all that too. And that's that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. So, so seeing that thing, seeing these, uh, this image of myself with horns and roots coming out, raiding out of my head was, was it, was it a big deal? And so the idea of, so to get back to being a tree upside down. So I, I gave all that just to give you a little bit of picture of like why that was significant for mm -hmm. me is because here I've been, my name even, Baumgartner means tree gardener or tree farmer in German. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it's kind of a nice thing that <laughs> I guess that that's my name. And um, I love trees have always been like a big part of my life. You know, I'm a woodworker. Um, uh, I love, I grow a lot. I plant a lot of trees. Um, and, but they've always been something that's been part of like how, just like animals speak to me about God, so do trees, and um, there. And so I've had some pretty neat relationships with trees over the years, um, and uh, so uh, so any all that to say, um, you know, to to be living in a way that is is tree-like you know I'm rooted in the land you know Kansas is my home I've been in can my um you know my family's been in Kansas for generations um and uh and so there's something really important to me about putting down roots and you, you talked about that general regeneral re revelation yeah. yeah um you know for me like there's a, a big so much so there is a big part of like hearing how, how I re, receive uh, language breaks down, you know, uh, but that having my roots in the soil teaches me about, about God. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot down there. And so what happened, like when my head was, I was flipped over and it was, I, it, it it's, it's really impossible to describe. And I, I mentioned like how there's like this wave waves of exposure and, and so, so much. And it would, it, over a period of about two months, um, I would just get overwhelmed at times with what I would, you know, what I was experiencing. And, um, and, and so, uh, <laughs> You know, and I, I, but I think what was interesting about it too is in the past, you know, a lot of times, and when you study mysticism and people that have had mystical experiences, um, sometimes it, you know, it kind of kicks you out of your life for a while um, in a way where you, it's, you can't function. Mm -hmm. And, or, you know, it, it's just, you're in another place. Um, 
and, and what's what and then there's and there's a level where it's like you you almost <laughs> it's like the taste for the things and again it's this troublesome de, like dualistic language of this world <laughs> and you know i don't want to be a part of this world anymore or whatever you know or you know it just seems it seems distasteful compared to like this heavenly reality that you've been in participating in and had a taste of and uh, this was really different from that it, it was to it was almost like to be a part of like when i would i would go back and forth and there was no it wasn't a lessening like mm -hmm. you know and that's where like this idea of the common the idea like all these like my life my work as a farmer as my my being a father of six kids and a husband and um you know i have hundreds of 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 animals that depend on me to to survive mm -hmm. um you know and but it's all it's that integrated thing like it wasn't a lessening you know i wasn't le i didn't it, there was no like oh, i have to go i have to step away from this to deal with this like there what that wasn't happening mm -hmm. um there was these intense moments of and i i had to carry my notebook with me all the time because it was it was it was i had to try and write things down and and it was i laughed because it was at one point i thought you know wow everything did you did you like kick me out of christianity just so i could learn poetry <laughs> you know because it's like i had to i have to write poetry i couldn't write the same thing i carry i walk around with a little book where i get an idea you know write it down too i think yeah. of, i think of it made me like Jesus, you you were talking about um, it's not as if you have these mystical experiences and then you disdain the world, you know, you just want to go live on a cloud or whatever. But I think of Jesus, he, like he's, the doctrine says he stayed a man. Uh -huh. Like he stayed a human. He stayed with his, he stayed buried in the ground, like in, in a sense, like he's ruling and reigning now over all the cosmos, over everything but he's still a human. There's mm -hmm. something to that. Like he didn't disdain this thing that he made. Yeah. That's such an, that's so, I, I love how, yeah, he didn't disdain this thing that he made, you yeah. know, and that, that's beautiful. And like uh, back to the general revelation, like in the circles that I run in, there's special revelation and then there's general revelation. And uh, lately I have been getting annoyed by it because Special revelation, they say, well, that's how you learn how to be saved by Jesus is uh, work on the cross. It's the scriptures specifically. And that's, I mean, the idea is that's the real important stuff. And then, yeah, yeah, you know, there's this general revelation. God made the world and somehow he communicates through it. And I just want to, I, I don't want to abandon either of those. And I think we're called right now, at least I'm called to give a more robust view of general revelation like we're so focusing on genesis 3 and the fall and sin that we totally neglect genesis 1 and 2 the world that god has made and how he has made it and and how we can how we're a part of that and that includes the visible and the non-visible beings here all of it and 
and yeah, it's general revelation, but it's still revelation. <laughs> like it's still apocalypse. It's still messages from God. Yeah. Can, I read, you, can I read you a couple of things that I yeah. feel relate to that? Yeah. Um, the this this the first one is is the I'll, I just read a couple of things and um, this is this is the miracle of the dung beetle. The dung beetle performed a miracle like Jesus who took the mud and his own spittle essence and fashioned new eyes for the blind man. It is not sin, but God's glory that makes men blind. Dung beetle rolled and formed the dung from, the, from sheep and cattle. He dug and fashioned the very eye of God that we men might see again the glory with low and common eyesight. And um, what if I were to tell you that the wind blowing is always the spirit moving mm -hmm. and that your breath is always the spirit breathing? Just as the rabbi teaches that you are always saying God's name. Um, mm. When you inhale and exhale, you know that. Yehovah, Yehovah. Yeah. Um, as you breathe with God's breath, what if I were to tell you truthfully that not only will the stones cry out, but that they are crying out and that they've been crying out and more besides. We've been waiting and expecting them to cry out in human voices. But see, they have been crying out as stones with stony voices and rock voices and mineral voices, always crying out and weeping as stones weep and talking as stones talk and worshiping as stones worship. What if I were to tell you that the trees are clapping their hands and more besides? We've been expecting them to clap like people, but they've been doing it all along in their treeness, clapping as trees and speaking as trees and tree voices. Um, wow. I, I just, when you were, what you were taught, that to me, like that general revelation. Absolutely. Is, <laughs> any, everything, but, you know, <laughs> uh, it is, yeah. it's common. Maybe it's common. Maybe I'll, you know, and, and that to me, like this idea of, um, Uh, there, there. It's hard. That's like there's this part. Like, I have so much I want to share. <laughs> there's so much that I've seen, and it's. I, I know I can't share it all at once, and and I'm struggling to even know how to share it all, um, and the pace at which with them with yeah. which I'm to share it. And some, it's not like I'm coming with all this new stuff and that uh, or any. You know, I don't think that that's the case but I just know that it's like all I mean I, I, I go back all the time to it's like all I know is I'm a witness I'm called to be a witness and I have to say the things that I've seen um, and experienced and uh, you know and it's like uh, that's why that that and and so much of it is about this idea of 
you know, we've made a similar maybe to, you know, I, we, we talk about what things that are secular and things that are sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not, I, I think it's hard because we're so used to talking about things that, and that rule other things out, mm-hmm. you know, and to say that, um, one thing is one thing. Uh, so this is language breaks down for me, but in what, but I started seeing like, there's going to be a point, you know, like the church has walked away from a whole bunch of things because we've said that it's secular. And I, I have this image of a circle and we're going to, we're going to get all, we're going to come around and we're going to walk up behind those things that we walked away from because we thought they were secular or I don't, there's a better word than that, but I don't know what it is. We thought that they were unclean. We thought that they were not holy enough. We, we judged them to be something else. We're going to walk up behind those things and realize that they're sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, all these common things that we stepped that we've rejected. Um, we're going to walk up behind them on that big circle path. And we're going to realize we're going to come and we're going to, we're going to see that they're sacred and holy, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, what's his name? The, why am I Wendell Berry? You know, he, he says something like there is no, there's no sacred ground and unsacred or there's no unsacred ground. There's only sacred ground and defiled ground or something along those lines, you know, it's all sacred. <laughs> it all started out sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, and I think that's a really important thing. Like all these things, the co- these common things, they were all sacred. Mm-hmm. Everything was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that's why I love, you know, I, I, the dung beetle for me is a powerful symbol mm-hmm. and a, a powerful living symbol. And I love, I love the idea of living symbols, you know, because the same thing with our imagination, you think we could say like, it's just a symbol as if like that, that's that, ha- uh, as I don't, you know, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, or, or that there's a fear people, Christians have a fear of symbolic interpretation of, as if like a literal, like that li- the literal, literal is somehow the, the most powerful thing. Um, and that assumes that, it assumes that God doesn't use the dung beetle or these other things or is not present with them. Um, and so we think that there's a special or holy or, or just one, uh, see, for, for me, the danger too comes in like that's I like the dung beetle idea so much because um, there are so many and this goes back to my experience with the the shadow idea. There are so many parts about myself that I don't like, and I and I you know culturally there's people are like they are so like 
not accepting of themselves and how God made them. And there's so many things that they're rejecting of themselves because they don't meet some artificial ideal and they're, and they're not accepting the dung beetleness of themselves. And we need to learn to celebrate those parts, those messy, sloppy, smelly, gross parts of ourselves that we're ashamed of. And if we keep running from those, we're going to become even more disintegrated, more troublesome and actually dangerous and have less joy rather than when we learn how to be integrated, accept those foul parts about ourselves and 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 allow them to have their sacred place in the hierarchy of our lives or the integrated way that God has made us. There's a place for that in my life. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's. It's a funny thing. <laughs> and, and I think that's it, it goes right along with that image of like these things that we walked away from. Um, it is like that shadow idea. Um, and, uh, you know, and there's there's a lot of things that we could talk about in relationship to sin and um, and how we deal with that. that Absolutely. And, you know, and our 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 fear of it and our shame about it um yeah and it's and it's it's really not it's something different um and uh uh i i want to <laughs> it's hard i feel bad I'm like looking through like like i've got something i want to share about that you know <laughs> um and uh that but it, but uh but there i like i said i've got this ungainly document that i have to that it's hard to find things in um well one thing that sin is because i have a kind of a different um approach to sin too among other things sin is obviously sinful but sin is also a helpful uh symptom that we can use in our lives to help us like a verse if we keep sinning in a certain way or have this uh, sin that we think is a sin uh, on one level, it's yourself trying to tell you that to, like, that's where the problem is. That's a symptom. It's trying trying to help you grow in that yeah. area. You know, it's actually like we, it's again, it's back to the dung beetle. We may try to chew the dung beetles away, but it's yeah. like, why are they there? <laughs> They're trying to tell you something, you know, there's, there's something there that needs tended to, that they're trying to take care of in their way. Uh, but maybe, you know, there's another way that they're trying to teach you. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that. And that, that's, and I think about that too, even with failure, you know, and I've, I've, you know, we, I've, 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 I've almost been on a quest to find an, a, a new word for failure mm. because, because we've, it's so deeply associated with, with something that we're, we're trying so hard to avoid um and uh i'm sorry for leafing through these because it's like because i'm because i'm looking for these things to read to share with you um that are that are talking about these things that we're talking about um and uh and i'm deeply disorganized (laughs) when it when it comes to that uh trying to trying to do that so uh bear with me for a second here Well, another uh, kind of thought behind that, that while you're looking is 
uh-huh. uh, the way um, um, churches to communicate about about sin and mm-hmm. um, for instance uh, at a community I remember being at a communion service and uh-huh. um, the um, when the guy leading for the communion was saying um, this he was saying basically this bread and cup um, let you know that uh, you need to not trust uh, the, the the voices in your head that are saying that you're no you know that you should you 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 failed there's a shame and that you're not forgiven and this mm-hmm. bread and cup argues against that and says no you really are uh, forgiven so just rest assured right and on the one hand that's good that that can be helpful but on the other hand I was sitting there thinking yeah but if you have these voices in your head saying you're not forgiven and and um, you you screwed up and like maybe that's also God telling you working through your screw-ups to say you need to go make that right somehow and you can't just at least this is where I came from this place where I would just you know ha- have these sins these screw-ups and then just say you know, cheap grace, God will forgive me, and then move on and never deal with why the dung beetles were there in the first place, you know? Uh-huh. And and so even your sins and failures are trying to speak to you. We can even learn um, from those. Yeah. I don't know if you found it. You... Well, yeah, I, uh, I, um, I think it's, it's interesting that with, with, um, you know, for me, it's like, I see, Failure is the greater portion, I think. Um, and it, to me, it goes, it ties in, you know, a lot of people talk about, well, the process is, you know, we talk about how important the process is. And there's a lot of common language about that. Um, and, but, but it, and I feel like, you know, there's these kind of ideas that are bouncing around in my head these days about experience and failure and, um process and intimacy you know and that we've you know that there's and i think maybe one of the things that that like there even when you think about when we think about the two trees and the tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil um and that we're we've we've been stuck with this tree of the knowledge of good and evil for so long, you know, that are all of our language is about right and wrong um, versus our language being about life. Yeah. And, and to me, like that idea of failure mm-hmm. isn't about right or wrong. You know, we made failure about right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It's wrong to fail and it's good to succeed, you know? And I, it's, that is so foundationally wrong. (laughs) If if you're here, I am using the word wrong, but it's, it's like, it's, 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 it is, maybe I should say it's inaccurate. I don't know. I don't know what I should say, but I, but I react, I'm up against that idea. You know, I'm up against the idea that success is good and failure is bad. Mm -hmm. And I think that failure is 
and, and it's be more than just part of, uh, you know, like, uh, it's a consolation, you know, it's just part of life, you know, everybody fails and it's a learning experience or whatever. And it's, but it's, it, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that like, you know, our sin becomes a precious gift, <laughs> you know, and it's, it is, uh, it, the, the, this, I, I won't, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that yet. Um, but I'm, I'll, let me, I'm going to try and read this. Um, it was the fullness of time. Um, and Christ in his death and resurrection foundationally changed the earth and us and time and space and gravity and consciousness our failure enacts the cycle of redemption. Is it possible that we are nearer to the kingdom of heaven when we fail than when we succeed? What if we were placed here to fail, to fall? But this isn't fatalism, it's something different. If we are placed here to fail, then we are placed here to try, to attempt, to attempt gloriously, to attempt gloriously to love, to live, to be about life as though gardeners, to attempt to love is somehow to live. Should we never succeed or should we never succeed? We should, and we should delight in it and savor it, but only as the flower of what we identify as failure. God takes the straight dead lines of our failure and weaves them and curves them into the upward progressive spiral helix of everything's goodness, straight lines into curved lines, the wheel curved lines pulled upwards in God's wind, breath, spirit. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Success is only the flower of failure. Failure is the greater portion. Um, wow. And I, I, it's just, I'm just trying to work through these. I yeah. through like, we, we, the, and it, it is like, and I, it's the, to go back to the dung beetle, mm-hmm. and how, and, and to go back to agriculture. And there, there are these cycles, mm-hmm. right? To go back to the general revelation of, and it's more than that. It's more than that. Like you, the, uh, you know, we, 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 the, the whole of the whole of the earth is proclaims redemptive death. Mm-hmm. You know, it shows us that death is not a terminus. Mm-hmm. You know, it shows us that, like, you know, time, time isn't a straight line. It, you know, time is, is, is a, is like a helix, you know, it, it rotates and it moves and, you know, so things there, so it's like there, those, these cycles, so cycles occur, but they're progressive cycles. Mm. And so like, I think about, like, I love thinking about what I call the calcium cycle. You know, people talk about the water cycle or there's even like the carbon cycle, right? So these ideas in the dung beetle really participates in the carbon cycle. Um, And he takes this carbon and he buries it in the ground and he feeds his young with it. 
um, you know, and, but the, but the, I think about like the calcium cycle and that it's there, you know, billions of years ago, this, this vast ocean and there's all this marine life, all this microscopic marine life and like ages and ages of it, ages of it built up in layers, all their bodies, you know, making this deposit of calcium. And then it was, you know, I'm not a geologist, so I mean, you know, but I, I think about how that, that, that business lot that, that became limestone. Right. And it take, took all these eons of time. And then we, 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 we pull it out of the ground and then we, we roast it in kilns and it, and then we, 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 we pulverize it and we spread it on our fields to, to get the soil to be the right pH and to get calcium in there, which is calcium is this king of nutrients. You know, everybody talks about NP, like nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium, you know, that's what everybody puts out there. And calcium is that one, one of my favorite agronomists, he calls it the trucker, the trucker of the new, you know, it's like, it's the truck driver of the nutrients, you know? And so we, and we just, whatever. So I love, but so calcium is such a big deal. Um, such a big deal to us. Um, and it's this beautiful cycle of redemptive death. That's been, that's a so super long cycle. Yeah. Like that's a huge cycle. <laughs> and, um, I think it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it is 100, like for me, like that puts me in intimate proximity to God's heart mm -hmm. when I, when I think about the carb, the calcium cycle or any, and when I think about the carbons, all of them, yes. but when, when you, when I, but what I think why the things like trees and get me or why things like the calcium cycle get me is it's so slow and it just, and you have to be so patient. Um, you have to wait for billions of years to get your calcium. That's why you put the turtles in your drawings. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, and to some level that's like, it reminds me that it's not about me. <laughs> it's yeah. not about me and my generation. Yeah. You know, everything is, yeah. you know, I think about God and Abraham, his promise to Abraham. And it was, he, that was, that's a multi-generational promise that's still unfolding, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And um, so, um, but anyway, I, I, I think I got a little preachy there or <laughs> Uh, so I'm not sure what we were talking about. But like failure and success, we were talking about failure and success. And right, the cycle. Part, part yeah. of why I think those words uh, um, is what they assume. Um, success, according to whom? <laughs> like, according mm -hmm. to your ego talking? Mm -hmm. I failed. According to according to whom? According to according to your pride, your ego, or or like you said. Uh, Maybe failure isn't a failure according to some other, uh, according to God, according to some other process or cycle that needs to happen to uh, bring you health. It's always bigger than we think it is. And um, there's a line that I, I, I always think of from the, the, this, the 
a band called the Incredible String Band. Um, and they there was a line that just that in one of their songs, I think it's called Maya. And it, but it, the line is whatever you think, it's more than that. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's right up there for me with like go on <laughs> in terms of like things that I always think about and that I tell myself like whatever I think, it's more than that. Yeah. It's and it's always more than that yeah. because um, and so much of the journey that I'm on and why I think I had to step away step out is because it's more than that and you know somebody said like do you want to know do you want i forget who it was now but it's do you want it would think it was a sufi or speaking to um a, his disciple and or something but it's like do you want to know do you want the power or do you want to know the god behind the power mm. do you want do you want like do you want just to go to the garden yeah. or do you want to know yeah. the god who is behind the garden yeah. you know and it's like that's what i want you know that's why i think i did these drawings of walking man in front of the burning bush mm -hmm. and he's he he just like the first drawing he's just on his face in front of it and and then he slowly, like, then he re there's a hand reaching out, and then he he reaches out his hand, and he, each drawing, then he's the next drawing, he's sitting cross-legged in front of the burning bush, and in my mind, like years have passed, mm. you know, between the first mm. picture and the second picture, and then the third picture, he's like reaching into the bush, and he's starting to catch on fire, mm -hmm. and then like the last the last picture is he's like the bush is now growing out of him. And I think about, there's a story um, in, in the, in like this, the Exodus story and they, they come to the mountain and, uh, and again, I, I'm, I could be getting this wrong, but somehow in my mind, this is how I see it. Like there, the, you know, Moses was, they sent Moses up. Mm -hmm. the mountain but it i feel like the invitation was for them all to go up the mountain but they were all too afraid god was too scary you know and they, it was and they so they just sent moses up mm -hmm. but the invitation was for them all to go up mm -hmm. and i i think it's like i think about that with that with the burning bush and and to me, it's it's to the point now where it's like, I guess I just don't I don't care about the laws that say don't touch it, even if I'm going to even if I'm struck dead, you know, I because it's. I. And, and I'm I don't know how to say it. I wish I knew how to say it. Um, it's like God's question to Solomon, what do you want? Uh, do you want power? Do you want your kingdoms to grow and all that? And mm -hmm. Solomon says, no, I, I want wisdom. In other words, I, I just want you. I want to know you. I want to commune with, with you, God. And mm -hmm. the other thought that I had was um, Adam and Eve in the garden. As you were talking about the two trees that had the option of all the trees in the garden, they mm -hmm. could have eaten from the tree of life. 
They could have. They could have eaten from it, but it, but instead they wanted that. They wanted that power, you know, that that right and wrong, rather than I don't know if they're too afraid with having uh, that communion with God, that life. I don't know, but it seems like we are always choosing the uh, the power option and the ego option rather than the sit for 40 years in front of a burning bush <laughs> until it permits you to be to know it more yeah it's interesting yeah and it, it's funny i have a, i you know i have all these heretical thoughts these days you know and i even think about you know i think maybe we were just set up you know with that whole burning but with that whole tree of knowledge of good and evil you know it's it's uh you know, we talk about the fall of this as if it was a tragedy and it's really unfortunate that it happened. And I really kind of wonder sometimes if maybe it wasn't part of the deal mm. from the beginning. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I think, I think we've, we, you know, I, I think about Eve a lot and, um, I've written some poems about her and that I hope to share at some point. And just that there it's that kind of thing of like, we have those stories exist for a reason. And, you know, we've, we've talked a little, I mean, I know you like, you're, you like Jonathan Pajot and, you know, his, his brother has written this really fascinating commentary on Genesis, um, which I really like a lot. Um, and um and he's got so he's got a real straightforward like symbolic interpretation of what's happening in these stories um and i i celebrate those and i love that and then but there's the there's also the part of me you know there's that that line like whatever you think it's more than that you know mm -hmm. like those things are all it's all happening at the same time and I, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I have to ask the questions now, you know, it's what part of what it means to go everywhere with everything, you know, is it's like, do you really want me to go here? And yeah, go here, ask the question. I mean, that certainly like, he doesn't seem to be intimidated by any question that I could come up with. Um, and usually he's the one bringing up the questions, not me, you know, um, I'm just feel like I'm sort of along for the ride. If you're uh, listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty fascinating to, to, um, but there's some things that are like, you know, there's a lot that has really shaken me that I don't know how, you know, there's this, there's a, it's, it's almost like the feeling is like, you know, there's a, in one of the Sherlock Holmes stories, I think it's like, I don't know if it's the giant rat of Sumatra or something like that. Like Holmes is telling some of his cases to what, like past cases to Watson and Watson's like, really like, why haven't you told me about this? When can I write about this? And one of them, he's like, the world's not ready for these, man. <laughs> like these are people don't want to know about this, this stuff. <laughs> it's too, too, it's too much. And, uh, and sometimes I think about that and I don't know what's too much anymore. <laughs> well, um, as we um, 
probably should bring this to an end for this this conversation at least. Um, the last couple of lines of the poem, you say, build your ark and do not worry about what your neighbors think. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you say, I, I'm leaving the religion to be with the God and I want and to do what is branded in my heart by everything. I am leaving the form for the formless, for wonder, for awe, to find my first love. I think yeah. that's a great journey to be on. Thank you. I think that's a great journey to be on. And like, I want that for myself and I hope listeners want that. Well, however it looks for, for themselves as well to leave the things that we think that we need, that we want, that are best for us in order to find love in order to have more God in order to connect and be more integrated with his world. That's where health is at in my book. So final thoughts or um, words that you, you want to leave for, for me or for uh, any <laughs> listeners today. Um, well, I mean, first of all, thank you um, for your generosity and for, I think, you know, you mentioned that you've listened and read through what I shared um, a, a number of times. Yep. And what, and I can't express like that, what that means to me, that you seek to, that, because it's, it's, for me, like one of the things that scares me is for some reason, you know, it just does is like, there's a, a fear of being misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And the, the funny thing about right now for me, where I'm at is I don't understand it. So I can't expect other people to understand something that I, and I, when mm -hmm. I don't even understand it, you know, that's called Abraham, Abraham go. <laughs> okay. Where am yeah. I going? <laughs> yeah. Um, but all that being said, there, there is maybe there's levels of things that I understand. Um, I know how to say yes. <laughs> I know how to. And I, I know how to hear. I know how to listen. I know how to watch and pay attention. Um, I know how to pray with my hands and with my feet. Um, none of that is like a, I don't mean any of that in a braggadocious way. It's just part of the, over time, it's just the things that I, I've, I've learned. Um, and by the grace of God, through um, that mercy shown to me. Um, so I, I uh, I appreciate you take that, like I said, so there's that fear of misunderstanding. And so that you would take so much time and effort to understand is, is, is something for which I'm deeply grateful and have, and am very and respect you for, um, because that's what I'm trying to do too. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, 
and it's easy. It's so easy to just hear what we want to hear mm-hmm. um, and believe what we want to believe and like hold off. Hold. It's so difficult to hold off our judgment of what something is, in, including and especially what, who and what God is mm-hmm. and what you know, what are his limits, (laughs) you know, and we are in the habit of limiting God Mm -hmm. perpetually, Mm -hmm. you know, it's almost all that we do (laughs) is limit God. Um, And so I'm trying to be in, I'm trying to be in that place where I'm allowing those limitations to be disintegrated. Um, and fully aware of the fact that that that's a, a an unsafe uh, place to be in, you know? So, I mean, I, I, I have six kids. Limits are important boundaries and limits matter, you know? So I, you know, but there's a time, Mm -hmm. there's a time when boundaries that were put in place have to go away or growth to happen. So, um, so yeah. uh, So that's, that's that. And I, I think it's, you know, I, I don't, hopefully we'll, maybe we'll get to, I, this is valuable to me to kind of talk through some of this stuff because, um, like I said, I have so much to share and to me, it's valuable to me. It's, it's everything, you know, and, and, and then on another level, it's just words. <laughs> They're just words that maybe don't mean anything. Um, but I, I need to try and find a way to share them because it's on my heart to do that. And, 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 I have to like, that's part of like that. What's put on my heart to do by everything Mm -hmm. is, is to not only wit, like witness to be a witness is, is an, is both passive and active at once. Um, and so whether it's in a drawing or, um, or the things that I'm starting to share verbally or whatever, um, so um, if they continue to, to, to strike you or to, to um, feel authentic to you, <laughs> um, if there's something that you wish to continue to engage with, I appreciate that and Absolutely. I invite that and welcome that. And like when I think of a book title came to mind when I think of what's happening too, and it's by J.I. Packer. Uh, the book title was Taking God Seriously. And yeah, I think that's what you're doing. You're taking his call seriously. You're taking um, how he made the world seriously. You're taking what, what he's doing and how he's speaking to you. Because a lot of us could just walk away from that and say it was just bad cheese, or right, or it's whatever it is. It, it won't be good for my six kids, you know. But you're you're taking you're taking God seriously, and that is. To me, that's the best place to be in. 
by far. That's good. I, uh, I appreciate that. And it is, as that is definitely the, <laughs> that is definitely the, the, I, I, I just, this is this kind of thing and I'll, maybe this, I'll just finish with this. Are you heartbroken? Because after all this time, we haven't seen you for who you really are. That all of these, the whole world, the whole creation, every particle of everything, including terror and death and suffering, that it is all somehow you. That we haven't seen you in danger, in hurt, in pain, in suffering, in rape, in murder, in genocide. That we haven't seen how you are in those things, why you are in those things. That we have disregarded your range of feeling and emotion in those things. That we haven't looked for you in the common and the low. Are you heartbroken? Are you heartbroken because we have created separation and blindness where you have made unity and sight? That the extraordinary is indescribable and incredible, the great spiritual wonders. But even greater is Christ in the ordinary. Christ is there because God is there. Oh God, there is deep heartbreak because we have not seen you. We have not seen you for who you are. We say you are in the sun, but not the moon. We say you are in David, but not in Hanuman. Or that Buddha cannot represent you. That Isaiah is your prophet, but what of black elk? Or as much that the wild rose is you and the mulberry and that they are all saying something different about you and it is whole and you are not whole otherwise. You are broken otherwise and we are broken otherwise. We are not whole otherwise. Um, that, that, this, that idea gets taken up a lot. Um, and so, it, I, yeah, I don't know. So it's just questions. Um, he is there. I, feel it. I don't know. I, it's hard to describe because it's not, it's not just questions. I have to say that. It's not just questions. I feel it. Mm -hmm. I feel the brokenness. I've, I've experienced the brokenness, like I've touched it. I know that that's like, that's a hard thing to say and it's hard maybe for, for people to accept, or maybe it's not, you know, because I think a lot of people probably have and just don't realize it. Um, but it, but it's not, it is, it's, I can't just say it's just questions that I have because it's not, I'm asking them for a reason because I feel them like I, like, because I feel God pushing on me, you know, to, to ask those questions to, so, so yeah. <laughs>
to me, an obvious analogy is like, I like your artwork. People like your artwork. And what if they came across a picture of walking man and that was it. They just assumed that it was mm -hmm. just, it just happened. Right. <laughs> that there's no person behind it, mm -hmm. that there's no, that there's no life force behind it. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't make any sense. And for then us, for us to look at the black elk mm -hmm. and think for a second that there's not a God behind that who's wanting to reveal himself to us through mm -hmm. that. That's a disturbing thought to think that we could do that. Mm -hmm. But the more normal thought is to look at his creation, to look at his artwork and to want to know God more. Mm -hmm. to know Christ more in that. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's what, that's part of what you're saying. I know, but that's how I'm processing. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that's however you can approach it is, is okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, because I think, I think it's important. I think that this idea that there's a range of emotion there is really important. You know, that it's bigger than, a passive, you know, benign, higher intelligence, yeah, you yeah. know, um, that, but that there is, it's that, it's that, I, you know, God is deeply knowable, <laughs> um, profoundly, like the emotions, all these, there's so much there um, behind um, those things. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, it, it's hard for me to stop, but I can, you know, <laughs> um, like I said, I just have, have a lot to, that I want to share. Um, well, as you, as you, <laughs> yeah, as you share more and as I just mm -hmm. uh, process more too, uh, maybe we could have another, another conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just let me know what you think, and yeah, and and uh, and I'm I'm open to that, and uh, um, I thank you. Yeah, um, for people to um, learn more about what your work, anyways, and maybe follow along. Um, what are your uh, where, where can they find you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I have a I have a website, sort of. Um, blog website that I've had for a really long time that's called the school of the transfer of energy. Yeah. Um, and it's, it doesn't get updated as much now because Instagram has kind of become the main place okay. where I'm sharing. Um, and, uh, but if you want to, so you can see a lot of my artwork there though. And, um, but also on Instagram, um, I'm on there, uh, and I think it's Baumwerk J. Yeah. B A U M W E R K J um, is my Instagram. And so that's probably right now, that's the main kind of um, place. Um, I, I have a YouTube channel that um, I've been also putting the videos on there that I've started just, just to have a place. Um, sometimes Instagram isn't for everyone or the, the best. Yeah. So, I, so there, those are on there also. 
Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, that's the main, I guess those are the main things. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so you can most, there's a lot of, a lot of my artwork. I'm, I update and there's, I post a lot of what I'm working on to Instagram and, uh, so, and right now that's where I'm sharing the, the, the videos, um, of, of me reading and sharing what, what I've been experiencing. Um, so. Well, thank you so much for being, uh, having that courage and that boldness and sharing. Oh uh, yeah. You <laughs> it's my pleasure. Do you think, um, could you, do you have any of your banjo music? I could um, use any of that for like an intro or an outro. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, I love the banjo. Like, okay. I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can send you a couple of. Uh, I can send you a couple of tracks and um, uh, just email them to yeah, you, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, you, you can. Uh, I'm trying to, but to actually, I've, I've been. It, it kind of in conjunction with all of this, you know that. I've been, it's been put on my heart to, I released a, a, an album of music a number of years ago, but usually I just write music and record it and then, or don't record it, just write it and nobody hears it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just the way it's been for a long time. And it's been on me to, to start like trying to, it, it's kind of like, it's just the, it's, you know, it's just kind of like God said with a lot of stuff, it's time to start sharing, you know? So, you know, you sat on this for long enough. And um, so uh, I, one of those is a banjo, uh, an album with just banjo music um, that I'm working on putting together. Um, so uh, I'll send you a few tracks from that. <laughs> um, but one of them, the one of them is a new one that is about, there's an, one of my, there's a guy, he's an Irish, um, he was a gardener actually, um, but he's also a poet and a philosopher, and he's, it's kind of, it's hard to describe, he's a, mis, uh, I, he, he's, um, he's passed now, but he was a remarkable, a remarkable man. John O'Donoghue? Uh, no, his name is John Moriarty. Okay. Uh, and, uh, Anyways, the song is called John Moriarty is a Cloud of Witness. Um, and he's been a big, he's helped me feel like I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, and uh, it's funny when I go through things and I write these things down and then I, I started learning about John Moriarty and um, Martin Shaw, if you're familiar with Martin Shaw. Um, Actually, I think Jonathan Paggio just did some stuff with Martin Shaw. Um, but Martin Shaw is who I learned about John Moriarty from. And uh, it was like uh, so much of what I was dealing with, what he was talking about, the exact same thing. It was it was so, it was really life-giving to me to encounter him and his, his heart. And, it's hard to describe, but anyway, so I ended up writing a, little, a, a song called, it's just an instrumental song called John Moriarty is a Cloud of Witness. Um, so I'll send that one to you and a couple other ones. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And yeah. I really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, Sam. It's sure nice to meet you and um, look forward to the future.
Yeah. Yeah. God bless. Thank you. You too.